Hello, and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Ben Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very much for listening to mine. Why did AOL Instant Messenger not stick around? Why did Facebook continue and AOL Instant Messenger did not? Why did Twitter morph from a way to basically text your friends into the voice of countless journalists and basically opinion makers, celebrities, etc.? Why? why? Why did this happen? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the Great Recession. And I think a whole lot of the divisiveness we have is because of social media today, be it Twitter or Facebook or whatever. I also think that that's some of what is wrong with the pandemic. I think that we've gotten to the point where we expect the world to behave as though we're all on Facebook. And I remember in my own life when the change happened, when people stopped expecting a give and take and started just thinking of everything as a platform and you're always on a soapbox. And that's not healthy and it's not normal. And I also think it happened so suddenly that people just quit Essentially, they normalized it. And why am I bringing this up in a podcast about the Spanish flu and COVID-19? Well, popular culture, or what we identify as popular culture, was not very old during the Spanish flu. Popular culture, we believe comes into being at some point in the first decade of the 20th century. That is modern popular culture. And I, you know, okay, I'm willing to say that. But here's the other thing I'm willing to say. That popular culture today folds in Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these other things that are very, very much you know, a part of our media diet, indeed. And I also sort of think that this is going to be a problem with our country. Now, you'll notice that in my podcast, my evolution on, you know, the businesses and opening up and staying open, etc., and so on, I used to think we could wait for a vaccine, but more as the reality of what that entails um, began to set in, I, I began to think, no, no, no. For better or worse, we have to get back to some flavor of normal, um, to some essentially flavor of normal. But I don't know if that's going to involve restaurants and um, bars near to the extent that it used to. 
anyway, with that in mind, I would like to basically present to you, essentially in its full form, a conversation with a nice man, uh, Dennis Smith. He owns a print and a sign shop in Temple, Texas. As he says in the podcast episode, I know him through family ties. And the reason I wanted him on was because I wanted him to give me a first-hand account of what COVID-19 and the recession-fueled pandemic has done for and to his businesses. I've met the man, obviously. He's in my family. He's a very nice man. He's, he would be very kind to anybody who would meet him in person. And I wanted basically to just hear him out and to have a conversation, to let him drive the conversation essentially so that I can understand and maybe you can better understand or equally understand what a business is going through. And by the way, I I um, got to say that I, I love the growth of this podcast and I also have to say that I really, really want people to get in touch with me via email or my dms on twitter if you are a business owner especially if you're a business owner in america i really really want to hear from you i want to put you on the podcast and tell you have you tell your story uh that's been going on since covid19 and i want to stray away from the politics here i just want to have people talk about what's going on with them during this pandemic and also, you know, how they're getting through with their business and family and such. All right. Well, take it away, Dennis. Hi, this is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. I'm here with Dennis Smith. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Dennis? Well, I am. Uh, I own uh, two businesses here in Temple, Texas. Temple is just north of Austin, south of Dallas, on the Interstate I-35. We have a printing business that's been in the family since 1972. My dad started it when I was a kid, and then my brother, my dad, and I bought a sign business five years ago, and we run a printing business and a sign business all out of the same building here in Temple, Texas. I um I know Ben through family ties. My wife, he is my wife's first cousin. I'm wife. I've got a wife, Gina, three kids, and you know, just living the dream. You know. <clears throat> okay, and thanks for that. Now, I'm kind of curious because I don't have, in my experience in life, I don't know what it is to run a small business, and I thought I would have somebody come on my podcast. And talk a little bit about what that is in in the world of COVID nineteen and all this. What's that like, basically? Well, it's interesting because there's there's as you might imagine, being in business as long as I have been, almost you know my entire adult life, and even before, um, I've I've I know a lot of. I'm not only a small business owner, I have a lot of small business owner friends. And to be quite honest with you, your your the answer to your question is 
it's different. It's just like anything else in life. It's just like the COVID nineteen. It's different for different businesses. So, um, I am a. Uh, we're considered an essential business because um, we had. To, you know, people still have to get especially signage and print material out as soon as COVID hit. People needed, um, especially think about restaurants and stuff who went from. One day they were serving 100% capacity in their in their dining rooms. To the next day, no in no dining room service, and they had to either to go to drive-through, curbside, or a combination of both. But it's not just restaurants; it had happened to retail people as well. Like uh, uh, think about pharmacies, even though they're they are essential businesses. When COVID hit, they could no mm-hmm. longer do. In store, you couldn't walk into a pharmacy, you know, in March or April, as it were, right? And and order stuff. So they needed signage, and they needed signage today. They needed big signs that say curbside one, curbside two, or whatever, and then other signs that say lobbies closed or drive-throughs open or whatever. And so, because of that, we had to. So we never stopped. We never. We never missed a beat. We were. We closed. Obviously, we closed our our lobby. And, in fact, our lobby is still closed today. We do curbside only here at Paper Graphics and Fast Signs. For convenience, so our customers, you know, that's a very big change for us. Customers aren't coming into the store. We have, uh, you know, we, we, we put on our mask. We take them their job. We take their credit card. We we don't make them sign a ticket. We don't, you know, as as as, as little bit of contact as possible to deliver that essential service. So our business didn't stop as far as as that goes. Friends in the restaurant business were devastated, as you might imagine. So they went from 100% capacity to 0% capacity. So they had to learn how to either do takeout or curbside or go out of business. But the biggest effect they had is the government's paying people $1,000 a month and if they went back to their job, they only get four to five, I mean a week, and they go back for four to five hundred a week. So a good friend of mine had to close his restaurant, not because he couldn't get enough customers. He couldn't get his employees to come back to work because the government has given him too much money. And so there's all kinds of moving parts here with COVID. Um, but for us, we've been very blessed. Uh, our business is, is doing well. Um, we have had to change. Obviously, there's masks and hand sanitizer and surface cleaner everywhere. We've had uh, we've had one one employee who actually was uh, tested positive for COVID. Um, that mm-hmm. uh, that in itself is a is a challenge. So she, uh, do you want me to talk about that and how we dealt with that? Oh, or, sure. Or, yes, so, yes, sir. So she comes. To, so we have a you know those 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 cool little. Uh, Deals where you, we 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 check everybody's temperature with all those deals you put on the forehead every day, you know the little digital things. Mm. So every day when somebody comes to work, we we check their temperature. So on a Monday, this has been a couple months ago, but on a Monday she said she wasn't feeling well. We checked her temperature; she had a fever. Uh, we sent her home immediately. Uh, we at that point we um, we sanitized we we sanitized her computer, her phone, her work area. We um, and then we sent her to go get tested. Well, it takes back then anyway. It did. It took five days to get results. So on Friday, she called and said, 
she had tested positive. So it's five days after we sent her home, we found out that she had tested positive. So now she's got two weeks from that day quarantine. She essentially missed three weeks of work. Uh, you know, the, the Monday, the Monday through Friday of the first week and then two weeks after that. That next Monday was as soon as I could get a company in. So a week after we sent her home, we had a company, a professional cleaning company come in with their little, look like a, you know, look like a super soaker gun kind of deal. And they sanitized the, they sanitized the entire building. Uh, I mean, honestly, you and I both know that a week later, there wasn't any of her germs still hanging out. But in order to be, what we would, what we felt was the responsible thing to do, uh, not only for our, our employees, but our customers, we went ahead and had the entire building sanitized professionally, um, and then, yeah. and then of course we've still keep in mind we had our lobby, we have our lobby closed, so we're very limited. You know, obviously UPS guy, the FedEx guy, you know, right. all those guys come in. We have we have delivery paper deliveries, and we have, um, and we have signed material delivered every day, and those those people are dropping stuff off. So we do have contact with people, but I mean, you know, our lives have to go on. We have to continue to get stuff mm-hmm. out and get stuff done and everything else. So, has it been a challenge? Absolutely. Um, it 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 was good that we had the sign business because the printing business just April and May just dropped off the planet. I mean, it, we wouldn't have, if that was our only source of revenue, we would probably be out of business. But because of the sign business, we were able to maintain. And then now both are now that schools are starting to open back up in Texas and 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 yeah. businesses are starting to open back up, then it's coming back. But not everybody's as lucky as we are. You know, a lot of people didn't make it uh in their businesses, which yeah. really really makes me wonder, um, you know, in hindsight did we do the right thing by shutting everything down because it certainly doesn't seem like that that was smart, but you know, I don't get paid my, to do those. Those are above yeah. my, those are above my pay grade. Right. My own thinking on that topic has honestly evolved. To be quite honest with you, and for those of you that have listened to the podcast, you, you I think you've heard that evolution. But my own thinking on this topic has evolved, and especially when you find out that uh, you know the British are saying that a, that a vaccine is four years away. I think really what we need is to get some serious masks, you know, really, really serious masks and and try to go about your business or about your life, really, as normal as possible until the foreseeable, right, we've never, you know. Yeah, and, and I realize COVID is different. We've never done this with anything else. I mean, the the truth of the matter is one of the most heartbreaking things I've watched is people who have loved ones in the hospital and they can't go see them. Uh, people who have funerals and, you know, they, because death is a part of life, right? Everybody dies and they right. can't go to the funerals because of COVID and all this. I mean, it's just awful. But, uh, the truth of the matter is, um, we've got to figure out a way to get through it. Like, like you were saying, even with a vaccine, you know good and well, people take flu shots every year and get the flu, right? So even with a vaccine, it's not going to go away, <laughs> right? So, right so we've got to figure it out. Now, I think that that what we should have done and what we need to do moving forward is identify problem areas, hot spots, if you will, 
and mm. certainly do something there. Don't I mean the answer is not do nothing, right? Uh, but the answer is also we we shouldn't shut down like 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 I don't know if a lot of people realize how big Texas is, right? So if Houston has a problem, we shouldn't be shutting down Littlefield, Texas. Okay, where Littlefield, is Littlefield? Yeah, where is that from Houston? That, great question. Littlefield, Texas is probably <laughs> six hundred miles from Houston. Population, you know, five thousand. You know what I'm saying? Has right. zero cases. Okay. Well, if Littlefield, Texas is a nine-hour drive from Houston and have zero cases, why are we shutting down their restaurants? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because one size doesn't fit in, a, in any state. That's what that's what I think. What I'm trying to get at is Buffalo, New York, shouldn't have to shut down because New York City has a problem. You know, and that's where I think we missed the boat. Now. I get it. People can travel and this and that and the other. I get that's the argument, but uh, uh, and I, I agree. We should listen to uh, epidemiologists and, and 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 they. Well, you said your views have changed. Guess what? So have theirs. That's what science is. We try this, <laughs> that works. Okay, good. Let's do more of this. We try this, that doesn't work. Okay, let's don't do that anymore. Let's try this. I mean, that, that the worst thing about COVID nineteen, in my opinion. Is so American of us that we politicized it. Everything <laughs> has gone. You're either you're either all in one camp or the other. And same thing with masks. Th- same thing with um, with everything else. Somehow it's just straight party mm-hmm. lines. I mean, we've decided to politicize it, and instead of I don't know, it's just the weirdest thing. Why in the world is this a political issue and not a uh, not a health issue. I, I don't. I don't know. I can't answer that question. I don't. I have answers, but I don't. I mean, I'm baffled. Right. I'm. I'm baffled. I have answers, but they don't sound right to me, even though I know they're right. <laughs> well, <laughs> look. The truth and the truth is, let's 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 be honest. The truth is that when we talk about things about especially politics of COVID or the politics of the post office or the politics of this, there's a very, you know, when they talk about the silent majority, well, there's this loud minority, okay, and who blows up Twitter and they blow up Facebook and they blow up, you know, all these social media sites with their opinions, and that's what we all focus on is this minority of people well, look at there. See, all Republicans believe like that crazy guy in Oklahoma. Or look there, all all Democrats believe like that nutcase in Sacramento. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. it's just not true. It's just not true. Most people are fairly middle of the road. Most people are, you know, just trying to live their right. life, raise their kids, go to school, do whatever. Go to work, do whatever, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Right. And I they're mean, not crazy. My personal thought is that... I don't know. I, I have, I guess, I have a friend who, you know, he he kept us up on all this through Facebook. He's a works at the CDC, and um, I tell you, I've learned some stuff real early on. I mean, I was way early in the whole COVID runs through air conditioner, and you know, so let's try to stay out of, basically, stay out of the way of COVID, basically. But now that I look at it. Really, now that we're what August, I'm really kind of thinking, you know, 
we got to have we got to protect ourselves for sure but i don't know if we could come back from this if we waited until a vaccine showed up i right. mean you know you know what i'm saying like you, you can't make the cure worse than a disease and i hate to say this but yeah you're right you can't i mean i mean one of the big differences between now and the last time we dealt if somebody in america dealt with this which would would have been spanish flu one of the major differences is that back then a lot of people were adjacent to a farm if they weren't farmers themselves they were adjacent to a farm and so they could get food and they could be off the grid and well, and their own life was a social distance exactly right i mean <laughs> i mean <laughs> Some of them may have gone to a small schoolhouse, maybe, maybe not. Uh, most likely yeah. they got up and, you know, fed chickens and milk cows and then plowed fields, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other thing is maybe on Sunday they went to a small, uh, you know, a little small church, and there was a handful of people uh, listening to a preacher, and that was it. Social, I mean, there wasn't, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's all changed. Uh, and but but you're right. Yeah. I, I just I just I just believe you know I hear people talk about when we roll out of this pandemic I'm gonna do all these things and I'm thinking wow what are you talking about <laughs> like, I've been doing all those things I mean and and I will tell you and I assume it's this way uh, everywhere but day one H E B well, H E B is our Publix or whatever y'all have is a big grocery store H E B has been lines around the building jam packed with people Walmart crazy jet you should have seen our walmart the day after those uh those covid checks hit man when everybody got that 1200 bucks people walking out of walmart with tv they weren't paying their rent they were were buying tvs they were buying all walmart was packed i mean so i get it i get i get it and there's there's a lot of people that have been at home or whatever but i will find i do find it interesting that you know what we haven't had we haven't had really any new movies. We haven't had any sports to speak of, and we lived. We survived. We survived without those things that that we place so much yeah. value on. So, I mean, that's churches, really churches have yeah. gone online. You know, uh, there's something to now be said for going to church in your underwear, man. That's all. Let me ask you this though, for real, just for the for the I guess the historical record. Um, so. Um, when did you, I guess, so at base, this is a history podcast, so I'm just finding this a historical exercise interesting. Uh, when were you, well, first of all, when did you become aware of COVID-19? And then when did, you, when did you become into the camp of, okay, this is going to be a thing that's coming to America? So I don't know the answer to that question because um, obviously it was in the news um early what january february somewhere in there there was there was some mm. uh some chatter maybe and then obviously march i think i want to say march the 4th rings a bell to me there was some hey that's when i first heard the name dr fucci or have you pronounce his name right Fauci was yeah. the first time i'd ever heard his i never i didn't even know who he was until that day we went on a spring break trip. We took we have an RV. We went down to San Antonio, 
and and they had mm-hmm. said that San Antonio already had. Uh, they were already saying, you know, we need to be careful. The president was talking about shutting down travel from other countries, specifically China. You know that you remember all that. Mm-hmm. And so we were in San Antonio. They, San Antonio had already had one positive confirmed case, and everybody's like, "Oh man, what's going on? This, you know, it's in, it's in Texas or whatever." We went downtown San Antonio, the Riverwalk. We went. You know, all they were by the Alamo, the market, and everything. We went to the next day. Went to the zoo. Um, we did several things there in San Antonio, and then we came back that Friday. We got an email from school saying they were going to extend spring break another week. So that was in early March, I guess. And then, of course, they, you know, now they say, well, that, and then the rest of the story. I mean, obviously, they never did go back to school. Now that's and, interesting. That you say early March because the NBA closed up in the middle of March and that roughly dates to when America writ large figured out that this was a big deal. Huh. I wouldn't have thought that. And then, uh, and then, and then obviously when they closed down the schools that everybody had to re, you know, there's all kinds of moving parts, you know, because you think about if you're an essential worker, you plan on your kid being in school till June, and now you've got the rest of March, all of April, all of May. So you got two and a half months. What do you do with your kid? And we had people bringing their kids to work, you know, and then we were like, well, that's just more people coming in our building that we don't, you know, we don't need in here, you know, and but at the same time, we need this person here at work. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was it, my brother-in-law calls that? them. My brother-in-law calls them viral vectors. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know the the truth is, um, I was watching uh, Gupta. Is that how you say uh-huh. Gupta on CNN? Sanjay Gupta, yeah, yeah. And obviously, he was saying the problem. Obviously, like any virus, we have to get to herd immunity, right? There has to be a point where almost everybody's been exposed to it, and then then it will start to, you know, whatever. But he said that would, if you look at it at the current rates, that would take four years. And well, if we also, get a if we get a vaccine, that would take four months or whatever. So I'm, I, and I, yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm an epidemiologist. I'm just telling you what Sanjay Gupta had to say. These days in America, there's kind of a low-key gallows humor that sort of predominates people as we try and sit and wait for either a serious mask to come along or for a vaccine. It's becoming increasingly apparent that a vaccine is going to be years away, so a lot of people think the mask is going to be how to go. But I also think you see very laudable attempts and Americans trying to understand this virus, maybe educating ourselves into some level of understanding as to what this virus is and how best to combat it in our own lives. I've got a very unique deal. I'm immune to mosquito bites. How cool is that? Get (laughs) out. You could live in Savannah. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that the craziest superpower you've ever heard? Yeah, you I, know can, what that, I can literally, I can literally watch them, ten, twenty, thirty of them biting me at one time, and it has zero effect to me whatsoever. You it's know what that means? I used to live. What does that mean? 
it means that your ancestors were walloped by mosquito-borne diseases. Maybe so. <laughs> I can tell you what I think caused it. Um, I used to live on a creek, and you couldn't go in my backyard without just getting attacked by hundreds. So I would, on a on a regular Tuesday night in my backyard, I'd get bit 100, 200 times by mosquitoes every night of my life for 10 years. I would just get 100. I mean, it was in the summertime. And it got to where I wouldn't touch them. I wouldn't scratch them. I wouldn't do anything. And now, and it's been 15 years since I've lived there, I still don't really have any effects to the uh, mosquito bites. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. And bees? Well, Dennis, I've never... Bees don't bite never, me either. That is so weird. That's got to be connected. Got to be. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> well, Dennis, uh, thank you for doing this. And right. um, I'll let you go. And uh, go ahead and forward me any, uh, you can email me uh, any links you want me to throw up on the, in the description. I have lots of Texas listeners, and I'm sure they'd like to know about your sign shop. All right. I appreciate it. Take care, man. Right. Tell everybody hi. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was Dennis Smith of Temple, Texas, and I really wanted to talk to him because I don't know what it is to run a small business on a daily basis. And I especially wouldn't know what that would be during COVID-19. And I thought, you know, there's somebody that I could talk to and really sort of hear what he has to say about how, what, how it is to run a business. And also, I wanted to give the people in the future, as a result of our conversation, I wanted to give the people in the future sort of a, a flavor of the sort of the humor or I guess you heard in the previous podcast, the anger that can come through. So people are, you know, we're confused and a little bit bemused and a little angry, I would say, at all this. And I think a lot of people, myself being one of them, are starting to understand that the political tribalism of the day just isn't really serving us. It isn't really productive or helpful or beneficial in any way. Anyway, I also wanted, again, to say that if you're a small business owner and you want to talk to me, I'm going to put my email in the link in the description, and also I'm going to invite you to find me on Twitter and get in touch with me through my uh, direct messaging on Twitter, otherwise known as DMs. And anyway, this has been Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager, and I hope you've had a very good day because I have. And I'll see you later. Bye-bye.